Hi, my name is Rhett Barden, and I'm the lead pastor of One Life Church, and I want to thank you for joining us today. At One Life Church, we exist to help you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. For more information on how you can be a part, please visit us online at olc.church. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning again, everyone. It is so good to have you with us today, celebrating the greatest day of history, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today is a celebration, so there's going to be a lot of clapping. And uh, hey, part of our clapping is I want to celebrate and welcome just all those who are joining us online today. Come on, those in the Civic Center, throw your hands together today and welcome our online church family. Yes. Many of you are joining us for the first time online today, or maybe you're catching up with us in the week. And if I've not had the opportunity to introduce myself yet on this uh, podcast and live, my name is Rhett, and it is an honor of my life to get to be the lead pastor here and to serve you even online. And so we're having a lot of fun today. In fact, before we jump into the message, I want to remind us of a couple of things. And uh, the reason I do this on Easter Sunday is because we're all just decided to show up on the same Sunday, everybody. So it's a great opportunity to take advantage of letting us know what's kind of happening right now. So if you're our guest today, hang with us. You'll want to know if you ever want to come back, okay? Next Sunday, you guys, we're going into a season of summer of Sundays together, everybody. And some of you are like, wait a minute, I thought we were already doing Sundays together. I don't get it, right? Uh, well, the truth is we have been doing Sundays together. We have been at a two service times. We've been doing 9.30 and 11 a.m. We've been doing that for the past year. And the summer season affords us the opportunity to kind of combine because a lot of people go on vacations and do that kind of thing. But it provides us the opportunity to come together in just one big family service. And so we've got enough room here in this ballroom to make that happen every Sunday. And so I I just want to let you know we're doing that. And so we're adjusting the service time. Now, I'm going to be honest, if you're used to coming to the 11 a.m. service, this one's really going to affect you a little bit more than the earlier ones, okay? So because this one's, our service is going from 11 a.m., right, to 10 a.m., everybody. 10 a, everybody say 10 a.m.? Okay, so next Sunday when you show up here at 11 a.m., you can't say, Pastor didn't tell me that we changed the service time. Here is your sign, everybody. We're going to a 10 a.m. service. And so if you happen to show up at 11 a.m., no worries. We'll just be given an altar call at that moment so you can have the opportunity to give your heart back to Jesus as we move on. I'm just kidding. So it's all good. Just have a little bit of fun, everybody. Church is, man, church should be enjoyed. Can I be honest? Amen. Like growing up, I always thought it had to be endured. You know, I was drugged to church, you know, kicking and screaming, right? It's so, man, I'm just telling you that I believe that church should be fun, enjoyable, and it's a lot more fun when you have a little bit of laughter. And so I hope we accomplish that a little bit today. But please mark your calendar starting next Sunday, April 24th, all the way through the summer, and we will reevaluate this as we go back into the fall season where typically there's that natural church growth. We will revisit that in the fall. But for now, we're going to 10 a.m. starting next Sunday, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And here's one reason it's going to be a lot of fun. It's because at the end of this service, you ready for this? We're going to celebrate water baptisms, everybody. Yes. I already love the 11 a.m. service. Y'all are already awake. You know, you got your coffee. You're going. You guys are with me this morning. This is good. You're already blown away the 930 service with your response. So thank you. It makes the pastor feel really good. Uh, water baptism is going to be a lot of fun, you guys. What is water baptism? It's honestly an opportunity for you to take a next step in your spiritual journey or in your relationship with God. You see, when we give our heart to Jesus, it's very personal. That's that personal moment that even happened at the end of the service where we pray and we ask God into our heart by confessing our faith in Jesus. That's private. But at some point, 
My friends, your faith isn't meant just to be held private for the rest of your life. It's meant to go public in declaration. And water baptism just is a public demonstration of your faith that says, I have decided my life has been changed. In fact, I am no longer my own. My life belongs to Jesus. For what once was is now no longer. I come up as a new creation, as a son and daughter of the living God. And water baptism is just a beautiful representation of what God is doing supernaturally in your spirit every day as a Christian. And so we're going to come, we're going to celebrate. It's some of you, I just want you to know on your journey, you have yet to take this step. And I want to encourage you, this is your next step as a follower of Jesus. I want to encourage you, go online to olc.church, click on the picture that looks just like this on our homepage, and it will allow you the opportunity to register for water baptism. And if you don't register and you still want to get baptized, totally fine. We're going to be prepared for you. But if you register, we'll be just a little bit better prepared for you, okay? So I want to encourage you. Now, some of you are like, well, Pastor Red, I mean, I got baptized when I was a kid. And, and you know, I really don't even remember it. And I think I was mainly doing it based on the traditions of my family. And my life really wasn't being lived as a follower of Jesus. And I've come so far in my relationship with God. Is, is it okay if I were to get baptized again? And I would say, yes, absolutely. Because scripture doesn't teach us, my friends, how many times we can or should get baptized. It just says, be water baptized, everybody. So I want to encourage you, wherever you are on your faith journey, if you love Jesus and you want to take this step, I encourage you to do it. Go public with your faith. And we as your family are going to have a tremendous time celebrating with you together. Invite your family, invite your friends. This will happen immediately following the service that starts at, remember what time it starts, everybody? What? 10 a.m. Okay, good. You're following me. All right. Now I mentioned earlier, and we do this for various reasons. I mentioned that I was going to reference the Easter response card or the connection card that's in your worship guide. Now, I need every single body, every single person to play along. Please pull this out right now. Even if you've attended this church for three and a half years, I need you to pull this out right now and take a look because it's really important for where we're going in today's service, okay? So if you look on the front end of this card, you'll notice that it kind of looks like our typical connection card. It's asking for your name, your email address, those kind of things. If you are somebody who can Considers One Life Church home. Please don't assume that we have your correct information. Many of you have moved, not once, but twice, or maybe even three times in the past three and a half years. And we want to make sure that we have your information. So if you consider One Life a home, your home, could I just go ahead and have you, even if you think we know it, please, at some point in the service, please put your updated information and then click that little box. Click it. Ha! Check the box that says, update my information because we want to be sure we serve you, your family, very well throughout the year. And again, I do this at Easter because every single one of you decided to show up at the same time. So it gives me that chance to do that, okay? Uh, Obviously, there's prayer requests on here, but if you flip the card to the back, this is where I want to draw your attention and kind of how I want to start the message today. If you look on the back of the card, and by the way, you can get a digital Connect card that looks just like this. Just text OLC Connect to 94000 and you will get this digital card. But on the back, you'll see at the top, it says annual Easter survey, annual Easter survey. There's three questions. The first question says, I'd like to hear a message on what the Bible says about, and then you see some options. In fact, there's one other there where you can write your own options. I would love to know what you're thinking about. I honestly would love to know maybe where you're hurting because it's not my job to bring you a message on Sunday that isn't applicable to where you are in life. 
It's my job to bring something every Sunday and to be very intentional on trying to bring information, not just information, but God's inspiration through his word on things that are relevant to what you are facing today. And so getting this information helps me. Like another way to say it, if you look at number two, it says, I'm interested in hearing more about these themes. Now, the reason I ask these questions again is because as a pastor, I'm not just flying from off the seat of my pants from Sunday to Sunday. I'm trying to be very intentional on everything that we do and what we teach here. And oftentimes in the fall of every year, I try to bring messages that answer the questions that you're asking. We call those message series different names, but at the end of the day, we call it you asked for it. And so I want to be sure again that I'm answering questions that you need to hear and that are applicable to your life. So please fill that out and help a brother out if you wouldn't mind, because I do want to help you. Number three, you'll notice the next question. It says, the next steps in my spiritual journey are, and then you'll just simply see a few of your next steps. Now, this is where the message really begins today. The reason I have this number three on here is because it's my hope to help you understand that God has so much more for your life. And by the way, it is really good. Jesus said, I've come so that you might have life and have life in abundance or the fullness. And this is why we exist as a church, everyone. This is why my wife and I moved from Birmingham, Alabama to plant One Life Church. It's because God put a dream in our heart to create something. And just honestly, just to create space for people to be loved and for them to experience the presence of God and to help people go on a spiritual journey. Uh, You might have noticed when you walked in, there are four signs or banners out front. And those aren't just to make the Civic Center look a little bit nicer, which, you know, we're trying our best around here, okay? So I appreciate that. But the four signs say, know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Why do they say that? It's because if you look from cover to cover throughout scripture, you'll see that there are basically four things that God wants you and I to experience. And they all begin with knowing God. By the way, knowing God doesn't mean like knowing religion or knowing your church or no, knowing God means to have an intimate, authentic, real relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. And we wanna help you on knowing God and walking in a relationship with God. And ultimately in that process of knowing God, we begin to find freedom. Freedom from what? Freedom from our past, freedom from the issues, freedom from the things that have been holding us back. The way I like to say it is, we wanna find freedom from our past so that we can see the significance of the future that God has for us. And my friends, God has a significant future for you. And it just doesn't involve breathing air and paying taxes and dying. Come on, somebody. April 15th is already gone. I'm just saying, thank God for that. Anyways, but through this finding freedom process, I just need you to understand God created you on purpose for a purpose. Like there is a reason you exist. And the greatest day of your life is when you discover why you are put on this planet. And so we want to help you in that process of discovering your purpose and then ultimately living the dream and the highest fulfillment that sociologists and psychologists call transcendence. It's the fulfillment that comes from knowing that your life made an eternal difference in another human being. And so we want you to know God find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Not because it's something clever we came up with, because the Bible teaches it, that this is our spiritual journey. And by the way, it isn't just something we say, it is who we are as a church. Why? Because it's something that I experienced. 
Now, I didn't always, by the way, I haven't always been a pastor, everybody. Um, my life is full of a lot of pain, a lot of hurt, and it began in my youth when I was in Birmingham, Alabama. At three, my parents ended up getting a divorce, and so I grew up in a broken family. I ended up living with my dad. He had custody of me, and I visited my mom on the weekends, and my mom was battling serious depression. By the time I was seven, she ended up dying by suicide. And so from seven to 16, I'm just, you know, a latchkey kid as they've defined it now and just trying to grow up and do the best that I can to figure out life. And, you know, I grew up around a lot of different kind of religion, especially being in the South. And I had different views of God. And, but at the age of 16, I walked into a church that was much like One Life Church. And that it was just something different about it. The people actually looked like they enjoyed coming, you know, which was awesome. But outside of that, they actually had a genuine love for me as a young man at age 16. But there was something that I experienced in the room, and it was the presence of God in a real, loving, life-giving way that wasn't fake, it wasn't phony, it was real. And it was everything that I needed as a 16-year-old boy for, the eye, for my eyes to be open, if you will, not just physically, but spiritually, to see God in a whole new light. Because here's the truth, up until this point, I looked at God like Thor from the Avengers. Come on, any Marvel fans in the house, right? See, I literally thought God was like Thor. He had a sledgehammer in one hand and a lightning bolt in the other. And he was just ready to strike me down for every bad thing that I ever, had ever done, right? And I thought, honestly, that the goal of Christianity was to make a bad person good. When the reality is Jesus didn't come to make bad people good, everybody. He came to make dead people alive. And if there's ever a message that Easter communicates, it is this, that God wants to take you from death to life in every area of your life. And so my favorite Easter verse, I always share this at Easter, comes out of Romans chapter 8, verse 11. Let's read this. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. I love that. Don't forget the same Spirit lives in you and me. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will, not maybe, not might, not if you get your act together. No, no, no. He will give life to every place that is either dead or dying in your mortal bodies by how the same Spirit of Christ that is living within you. The way I like to say it is this. The resurrection of Jesus gives you the power to go from death to life. Can I get an amen? amen? This is the message of the cross. In all the places we're either dead or dying, whether it's our mind, our emotions, our marriage, our relationships, or our finances, wherever it might be, in all those places, Jesus Christ came to resurrect us, to give us the power to go from death to life. And so many people ask me all the time, Pastor Red, if I'm being honest, why am I so unfulfilled? I feel empty in my life and I can't figure it out. I'm a really good person. And my answer to them is basically with this, with all my heart, I try to tell them it's simply because you're trying to breathe life into voids in your heart and your soul that were only meant to, breathe, to be breathed by God into. In other words, you're trying to fill your life with substances. You're trying to fill your life with pleasure. You're trying to fill your life with the security that might come from your bank account. And you're trying to fill all these holes or these voids that you really don't even know that are there, but that you're trying to fill it with other things outside of the God who is the only one who can fill it and seal it. My friends, Jesus is the only one who has the power to take dead things and to make them come back to life. 
And so my hope for you this Easter isn't that you just have a lot of fun with candy and chocolate and all your Easter egg hunts with the family and the barbecue or whatever you have going on this evening. But I want you to know my hope ultimately isn't that you just celebrate the resurrection, but my hope is that you ultimately experience the resurrection in your soul. It's to move from where you are to where God has always wanted you to be. It's to take just simply another step on your spiritual journey. And whether you're agnostic or whether you're an atheist, whether you agree or disagree, I'm glad that you're here. We love you. We're for you. I've always desired to create a space where you feel welcome, even with your questions. But wherever you are on the journey of believing or not believing, it doesn't change the fact that the truth is you and I were designed to go on a spiritual journey. And it is my job as your friend today to help you take some steps along that journey. So today is no different. I just want to show you just a small part of the journey you and I are called to go along. And I want to show it to you by asking this question first. It always begins with a question. And here's the question that I asked is that is, why three days? I mean, think about it for a second. If Jesus had to come to earth to die, to pay for sins, and to be resurrected, to come back to life, to bring us into a relationship with God, why three days? Like, why not just die, amen, give up my breath, and okay, woo, I'm back alive again, everybody. Everybody's going to be free from, like, why three days? It doesn't make sense, does it, until you begin to think about it, because Jesus, even in his death, his burial, and his resurrection, in the Fridays of life, in the Saturdays of life, and the Sundays of life, Jesus is simply showing us what can happen in our lives. He's teaching us things. Even in the Friday, the Saturday, and the Sunday, in the three days. I'm going to show this to you. Look at 1 Peter 2.21. Message paraphrase. I love this. This is the kind of life or the spiritual journey that you and I have been invited to and that I'm inviting you to go along today. Look at this. It's the kind of life Christ, the kind of life Christ lived. He suffered everything that came his way. And that would include his death, his burial, and his resurrection, which would have been Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Right? So Why? Why? So you would know that it could be done. In other words, <laughs> I want to demonstrate that when Fridays come, Saturdays come, and Sundays come in your own life, like you could see it, but not only see it, you can know how to do it, and not only how to do it, but I love this part of the verse, step by step. Step by step. So why three days? Why? It's because Jesus had something for us to learn. He was teaching us something in the pain of Friday, the confusion of Saturday, and the resurrection of Sunday. So what are they? Well, if you're taking notes this morning, you can write this down. Friday, Friday would represent the day of pain, the day of pain. Now, I mentioned this last week, but I'll mention it again. My friends, Jesus could have come at any point in history, but he happened to choose to come to send his son to die on the cross when execution was the worst. When capital punishment was the most horrific, that's when God said, yeah, that would be a good idea. That's a great time to send my son. Why? Why? Think about that for a minute. It's because he wanted to experience the absolute worst pain so that he could help you and I on our absolute worst days of pain. So Jesus can relate to your pain, my friends. And so when it comes to pain, you can categorize them basically into three categories. Number one, there is physical pain, physical pain. And now we all know 
the stories, and even if we don't, maybe we've seen the movies where Jesus died on the cross. So we know Jesus went through some physical agony, but I just want to remind you, it was the worst execution on any man in the history of the world. He was beaten beyond recognition, and he wasn't just murdered and taken out. He was slaughtered, like horrifically slaughtered, maimed, flesh hanging. You get the picture. It was horrific. And so I just want you to know today, if you're in the room or you're online and some of you are hurting and you're dealing with physical pain and you're in the pain of Friday, there is hope. If you've lost hope, I want you to know Jesus understands your pain. Jesus can absolutely relate to everything that you and I will ever face when it comes to physical pain. But not only can he relate to our physical pain, number two, the second type of pain, is he can also relate to our emotional pain, our emotional pain. See, many of us don't think about this when we think about Christ, but scripture actually teaches us that he was despised, that he was regarded as worthless. In fact, growing up, he would have been made fun of. Oh, that was the boy that was born in a barn by a woman who wasn't even married. And he would have even probably been called the name associated with such a child. In fact, even on Jesus' worst day, all his close friends deserted him and left him. And so if you're here today and you're hurting from emotional pain, I want you to know you're in good company with Jesus. He understands. If you are in the Fridays of pain and you're feeling rejected, you're feeling betrayed, you're feeling broken, you're feeling misunderstood, you're not alone. Jesus understands and he can relate. But not only can he relate to your physical pain, he can relate to your emotional pain. But here's the third one. He can also relate to your relational pain, your relational pain. In other words, Jesus knows what it's like to be single. Now, I know a lot of you in this room who go to this church can't remember the days that you were single because you've been married for so many years. But for those single folk who are online and joining with us, I want you to know you're in good company. Jesus knew what it was like to be single. In fact, Jesus was tempted in every single way, especially in the ways that, you know, we're being tempted today, even as single or married people. And some of you are like, yeah, well, Jesus doesn't know what it's like to be married, pastor. I'm like, really? Really? You sure about that? Because scripture teaches us that you and I, as the sons and daughters of God, as followers of Christ, that we're referred to as the bride of Christ, and Jesus is considered to be the groom. So Jesus knows what it's like to be married. In fact, I would go even a little bit further and say Jesus knows what it's like for his spouse to cheat on him. I'll take it an even step further. You ready for this? Jesus knows what it's like to have a little bit of crazy in his family. Come on. How many of y'all have a little bit of crazy in your family? Don't raise your hands, all right? Because you're probably sitting right by them, all right? So, uh, in fact, if you're thinking, oh, I don't have any crazy in my family, well, chances are, my brother, my sister, you are the little bit of crazy, <laughs> okay? Because we all got some crazy in our family. And so, in Mark 3, 21, you can read about it. Jesus' brothers were calling Jesus. He's insane. He's crazy. Jesus has lost his ever-loving mind. That's the ret translation, okay? It says Jesus has lost his mind. This is what his brothers were saying about him. Like, he's crazy. He thinks he's the son of God. I mean, no, psh, come on. He's just our brother. Now, why is it important that we're talking about this. Well, it's important because when the pain of Friday comes, I just want to remind all of us that God himself through Jesus Christ can turn our worst pain, physical, emotional, relational, into his glorious purpose, everybody. 
Look at Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes everything, even our worst physical, emotional, and relational pain. He causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. The truth is, my friends, there is no pain that his purpose cannot redeem. God himself is the best at making beauty from ashes. He can turn our pain into a glorious purpose. Now, some of you today, you're thinking, well, I can't really relate to the pain of Friday in your life right now. And, but some of you, you're there. But honestly, most of us, if we were honest, we could totally relate to the next day, which would be considered the Saturday of life. And that is the day of confusion, the day of confusion. We often forget when we read scripture or we talk about the stories that the disciples weren't sitting around on Saturday going, hey guys, one more day, Jesus is gonna rise from that grave. Come on, y'all. Like, no. They were depressed. They were confused. They were asking questions. They were doubting. They gave up. They they, They quit on life altogether. They forgot that Jesus Christ told them from his mouth to them that he was gonna die, but on the third day he would rise again. And so they forgot. And so because they forgot, they just went back to doing what they always knew what to do. They went back to their old way of living and their old life. And so some of us, we're in that Saturday of life. We're in that confused state. And what happens when we're confused is a couple of things. Number one is we want answers. Let's be honest. Why, God? Why me? Why now? Why how? Like, why? (laughs) And I get it because I'm a why guy, everybody. In sixth grade, I kid you not, I'm not making this up, man. We went to an award ceremony in our sixth grade, you know, graduation, and I was awarded the trophy for asking the most questions, everybody. (laughs) And I didn't know whether to be excited, confused, or offended. I'm still working through that with my therapist, everybody, okay? But this brother can come up with some crazy questions, And so like I'm reading scripture and I'm seeing where Noah, all the animals, two by two, get on the boat to save the, you know, Noah and his family will be saved from the flood. And God's saying, bring all the animals, everybody, two by two. And I'm sitting there thinking, Noah, when you had the chance, why didn't you just kill those two mosquitoes right then and there? Like, why did they have to survive the flood? Anybody else in the room? (laughs) Here's one for you. The things that make you go, "Mm," like, why don't sheep shrink in the rain? Can somebody help a brother out? I don't know. Why do they call it rush hour, everybody, when it's the slowest day of traffic? Why do they do that? I don't know. Why do they call them apartments when they're stuck together? Anybody ever get that? Why do they call it a building when it's already built? I don't know. I want to know. Anybody else? Obviously, I'm trying to make you laugh, have a little bit of fun today. But let's be real. There's a lot more serious questions that many of us end up asking, like, why did my loved one have to die of cancer? He was so young. Why did I have to lose that relationship with my son or my daughter? Like, what is going on? I don't get it. I want answers. And uh, I wish I could give you the answers. And the truth is, this side of heaven, we may not always know. We might always know. And, you know, I know it's a verse that oftentimes is, can be encouraging, but it can also be discouraging. But God's word is true. And God says there are some things that, like, my thoughts are just higher than your thoughts. My ways are just higher than your ways. And there's just some things you're just going to have to trust me with, even in the lack of understanding. 
One of my favorite verses is Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. It's not on the screen, but trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but just in everything, acknowledge him and he will direct your path even in the moments of questioning and wanting answers. And he knows. And so we might not get it this side of heaven, but we will at some point get the answer in heaven. But all this to say, when we're stuck in the Saturdays, when we're confused, when we're questioning God, it often leads us to the place, taking notes, write this down, if we're being real, we want to give up. We get to the place where we end up wanting to give up. We can see this happening in the lives of the disciples. I mean, you, you read about Judas Iscariot. Uh, Judas gets a bad rap because obviously he turned Jesus over to the religious leaders that began the process of, of Jesus going down the road to being crucified and dying. But Judas, after reflecting upon everything, he got depressed, he got confused, and he took his own life. He died by suicide. Peter, who was chosen by God, Jesus looks at Peter and says, Peter, man, you're the rock on which I'm going to build my church. And it's amazing that Peter, the one that, you know, was supposed to be the strongest and never to leave Jesus aside, Peter quit the ministry. He went back fishing. He said, man, I, I give up. It's over. I'll just go back to doing what I've always known how to do. And before we, you know, look at them and think, oh, you know, if I would have been them, I would have been right there by Jesus' side. No, you wouldn't. They're obviously doing the same things we would all have done. Because in the days of confusion where we're questioning God and we're asking questions, we're beginning to doubt and we decide to give up. Why do we decide to do that? Well, ultimately, it's because we feel all alone. We feel isolated. We feel forgotten. We feel abandoned. And there are many of us. Put that on the screen so everybody sees it for the notes. We feel alone. There's some of you in this room today where you've never felt more isolated. You're around people all the time, but you're alone in your soul. Like you have community. There are friends, but there aren't really, no one really knows what's really happening on the inside. And I just want to encourage you, if you're surrounded by people, but yet you're all alone, I need you to know today, God is close. God hasn't left you. God will never leave you. He will not abandon you. He has not rejected you. In fact, in your brokenness, in that feeling of all alone, God is close. God is close. God is drawn to this brokenness. Why? Because of his love. It's just his nature. It's his character to want to come alongside and to bring healing and comfort to you. Look at this in Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is close. I say close. The Lord is close. He's here today. Not only is he close, but he's close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are questioning. He saves those who are doubting. He saves those who are wanting to give up. He saves those who feel isolated, abandoned, and all alone. He saves those who are crushed in their spirit. And if that's you today, I just need you to know you're not alone. God is close. I don't know who this is for, but you just need to know he's here. He loves you. And you, my friend, are one moment away, one breath away, one prayer away that we'll have at the end of this service from experiencing clarity from the confusion. The clarity will not come from having the answer. The clarity will only come from experiencing the resurrection, experiencing the presence of of God in your life. Look at Psalm 73, 16 through 17. The psalmist said, when I tried to understand all this, 
Like when I was confused, when I had my questions, when I was doubting, when I wanted to give up, when I felt all alone, like when I, when I tried to understand this, it even troubled me deeply. Like I, it, it made me more depressed and more confused. When I entered the sanctuary, when I came into the presence of the living God, into his holy of holies, when I came into the sanctuary, look at the promise. Then I understood It was at the point of experiencing the presence in their soul, the resurrection on the inside, that clarity from confusion began to take root. So what do we do when we're in the Saturdays of life? What do we do when we're confused by the doctor report that says we have cancer? What do we do when we're on the verge of financial crisis? What do we do when we're widowed and we feel all alone and we don't know what's next or how we're going to take care of things? What do we do when we're faced with a business deal that went wrong and we're in a position that is just of of just moral, just all these ethics and things that are happening that you just never thought you were going to be in and you're so confused because you thought you heard God on that business deal? What do you do when you've been betrayed, walked out on, when you've been hurt, when you've been wounded, when you've been called names and you know you didn't even do whatever you've been accused of doing? What do you do in the Saturdays of confusion? Well, my hope is that you do something that I've applied in my life, and that's James 4, 8, and it's drawn near to God. Well, what does that look like? It's simply looks like, God, I need help. <laughs> I'm tired of being confused. I'm welcoming you to be the part of the process of my life. I draw near to you. And look at the byproduct. Look at the promise of God. I love it. If you'll just simply draw near and acknowledge that he's there, God says he will draw near to you. That's why, my friends, I can promise you without fail, I can guarantee you this. If you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. And when it comes to your Saturday of confusion, there is no confusion that his presence cannot come. There is no chaos in your life, in your marriage, in your home, in your relationships, or in your finances that the presence of God cannot calm with his everlasting peace. So the truth is, my friends, today, I don't want you in the Friday of pain. I don't want you in the Saturday of confusion. I want you to begin to see and experience Sunday, the day of resurrection. I want you to begin to experience where things that you thought were dead in your life in your marriage, in your relationships, in your emotions, where things that you thought were dead in your life, I want you to see and experience the resurrection that Christ came to give into your life, to breathe into your life, and to see your marriage be brought to life, to see your finances be restored, to see your relationships to be healed, to see your mind begin to be restored back to the wholeness that can only come through Christ Jesus. I don't know what day you're experiencing I don't know if it's the pain of Friday. I don't know if you're in the middle of the confusion right now of Saturday, but I've got some good news for you. Sunday's coming. You're only one sunrise away from experiencing death to life. And my friends, it only comes through one name. And it's the name above every name. It's not Muhammad. It's not Confucius. It's not this all-being powerful, okay, just some pie in the sky. No, no, no. In one name, it's Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. There's something powerful about that name. 
in his name, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he is Lord. In his name, demons have to flee. In his name, there is power and there is freedom. He not only offers resurrection, my friends, Jesus Christ is the resurrection. John 11, look at this. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. He who believes in me, not he who goes to church, not he who serves, not he who gives, not he who does enough righteous things. No, see, he who simply believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. And here's the question for all of us today. Do you believe this? if you do, you'll not only just celebrate the greatest day in history, but you'll begin to experience your greatest day. You'll begin to experience the resurrection for yourself. You don't have to stay in the pain of Friday. You don't have to stay in the confusion of Saturday. Why? Because there is no death that his power cannot resurrect. There is no death. There is no sickness. There is no bad marriage. There is no financial crisis that his power cannot resurrect in your life and my life. This is the truth, the power of God's word. And the truth has the power, my friends, to set you free. It's his truth. It's the truth of Jesus Christ. I want to close with a verse that sums it all up. Look at Philippians 3. 10 through 11. Paul says, I want to know Christ. Now time out for a second. He's not using a word in the Greek here that's like, I just want to know God. Like just, yeah, like you know the president. Mm-mm. No, I want to intimately, is the word, gnosko. I want to intimately and authentically have a relationship with Christ and experience Easter. Not just celebrate it, but experience the resurrection, the mighty power that raised him from the dead. Paul goes on to say, which would be hard for us to want to say this out loud, but Paul's crazy, all right? He said, I want to suffer with him. Now, many of us, we're not going to say, you know, I want to suffer with Jesus, but oftentimes we're already suffering already. We're in the pain of Friday, aren't we? I want to share in his death. None of us really want to go that route. We don't want to stand in the confusion of Saturday, but this is what it's basically referencing. And he wants to experience this. Why? So that one way or another, I don't care how I get there, I just want to experience Easter Sunday. I want to experience the resurrection of the dead in my own life. And that resurrection is offered and available to you today. Now is the time. Today is the day. My friends, you're not even promised your next breath. You don't even know if you'll get in your car today and arrive safely at home. We assume, but you don't know what's going to happen. And so this might be your only moment. Today is the day. Now is the time to experience resurrection in your soul, in your spirit, in your life, in your marriage, in your broken relationships. Today is the day. Now is the time. And you can't have it apart from a relationship with you can't have it apart from a relationship with Jesus the only way 
the truth, and the life, to be able to come to God the Father in restored forgiveness of sins and to receive eternal life comes through Jesus Christ. It's not a religious decision, everybody. The best decision in your life isn't a religious one. It's a relational one. And that's why I want to encourage you today to make the decision that you've been waiting on for a long time. That's the decision to come into a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ, who is the son of God, who died, but who rose again, who ascended to the right hand of the Father, and who sent the promised Holy Spirit to help us live our life and make a difference. So this would be where I would typically ask you to bow your head, and I would typically ask you to close your eyes, and we would pray together, and we're going to pray. But before we do that, we're going to end our service a little bit differently. I need you, every single person, to play along. Please draw out that Easter response card, the connection card. And I want everybody to play along. I'm not going to move on with this service. You won't have your lunch today unless you pull out the card. I'm just kidding. Like, I just, <laughs> I just need you to know how important this is, okay? This is not a game. This isn't some bait and switch. I'm not playing. I want to wait till I see this. Now, if you are more of a digital person, you can, digi- you can text OLC Connect to 94000 and you'll get this same card. Okay. Now, if you notice, if you've got the paper copy on the back, there are four boxes. There's an A, there's a B, there's a C, and there's a D. Now, I purposely left information blank because I wanted to explain to you what these options are. Now, you and I, we're one of these four, whether you know it or not. In fact, whether you play along or not, you're one of these four. You're the A, B, C, or D. So what are they? Well, if you're A, you're a person that says, you know what, man, I, I love today. This is, it's a great day. And I'm just reminded that I already know God intimately, personally. I have an authentic relationship with God. Like, I already know him. And if that's you today, man, I'm so glad that you're here. And if you're B, what does B represent? B represents a person that says, you know what? Today is the day. Now is the time. I'm not waiting any longer. I'm going to begin a real relationship with God today. And if that's you, I want you to mark the box. Wherever you are, I want you to mark the box. You don't have to give us your name or all of that. If you want to play along and leave it empty, please do this for us because we want to know how to pray for you. Okay? And so what's C? Well, C goes another level deeper. And C just simply says, you know, I want to consider what God wants to do in my life. In other words, I'm kind of on the line. I'm sitting on the fence. I'm, I'm really appreciative. I, I, I hear what you're saying, Pastor. Thank you so much. I feel love, the coffee. Like, it's been a lot of fun. Um, but I'm, I'm not quite sure I'm ready to begin a relationship with God. And if, if that's you, man, I'm, again, I'm just grateful that you're here. But there's also another level. It goes a little bit deeper, and that's the box D. It's a little bit more serious. And that's where somebody says, you know, I just don't ever intend to make that decision. Like it's not ever going to be a part of my life. And here's the thing, wherever you are on this journey, I would love to know. I've had people mark three or four boxes and I appreciate you doing that, but that's not what we're trying to accomplish here. I would appreciate you just being real honest and going, I'm A, I'm B, I'm C, or I'm D. If you're D or C, guess what I'm going to do? I'm not going to call you. I'm not going to show up. I'm not doing anything weird, but I will pray for you. That's my promise, because I do believe over time, the right opportunity presents itself. My prayer is that the eyes of your heart would be open and be enlightened to see who God is for what he's done for you. And as you are a son and daughter that he wants to adopt into his family so that you can experience life on this side of the planet and life when life ends here, eternal life. 
And so would you play along with me? Everybody just fill that out. Mark which one you are. And once you mark that card, if you'll just set it down in your lap, if you'll bow your head and close your eyes, that way I'll know everybody is done and fill this out. Once you're done, I'm waiting for every head to bow, every eye to close, and then we will pray together. So with every head bowed and every eye closed today, it's with my great honor to present an opportunity for you. You're one moment away, one breath away, one heartfelt prayer away from coming into a relationship with God. If today you marked B, I wanna give you an opportunity to pray a prayer. Now, I'm not gonna call you down front. I'm not gonna ask you to stand. I promise nothing like that's gonna happen that's embarrassing. But what I would like to do is lead every single one of us in a simple prayer. And it's not about the words. It's about a heart that just connects with God in a real way. And so we as a family at One Life, we pray together as a family because we don't want anybody to feel isolated. So I would encourage you if you're here today and you're beginning a real relationship with Jesus to say a prayer like this. Come on, One Life family, pray with me. Just say, God, thank you for wanting to have a relationship with me. Thank you for Jesus. I believe Jesus is the son of God. I believe he died and rose again, ascended to heaven and sent us the power of the Holy Spirit to provide a way for me to have a relationship with you. Forgive me, change me, come live on the inside of me. Today, I give you my life because you gave me yours. Jesus, I'm asking you to help me from this day forward to live my life making a difference together with you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate together today. Throw your hands together. Let's honor those who made that decision and said that prayer for the first time. Way to go. Way to go.